my senior year, I remember somebody came up to me and they're like, oh, Kels, like, I see your training. Like, why don't you do a bodybuilding show? And I was like, oh, bodybuilding. What are you talking about? They're on a stage. They're all tanned up. Like that so wasn't me. But then after a few months, I was like, well, what if Kels, like maybe that isn't you, but what if you could train for something like that or do something like that? And so then my senior year, I ended up being on five to six different bodybuilding shows, completely changed how I viewed, not bodybuilding world, but how I viewed myself. It was going after something for me that was a hard goal, like a big, big ass goal. And I didn't know how it was going to get there. I didn't know how I would do it, but I learned so much about myself along the process. Hi, this is Brandy, and I'm a big ass runner from Grand Rapids, Michigan, the Mitten State. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner Podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world. Now, here's your host, Jeff Harrell. Well, thank you, Brandy. Excellent intro, and welcome to the Big Ass Runner. As Brandy said, my name is Jeff Harrell. This is episode number 160. We have a great show for you today. In segment number one, we're going to talk to Kelsey Lindsman. She is, this is the big ass runner. She is a badass. She is awesome. And she is doing some amazing things. And she has a passion for helping young women have confidence. And you will see why when we have our conversation. That's segment number one. And segment number two can't quite get enough of Western States. By the way, thanks for the great feedback from our Western States recap. If you missed it, that dropped on Thursday as a bonus episode. You can hear all about my experience there in Auburn, California and the Western States endurance run. It was awesome. We're going to dissect some audio from I Run Far interviewing the great Courtney Dewalter, And we're going to talk about what makes Courtney so great. You will hear it from her mouth in this conversation. It's going to be awesome. That's segment number two. But first, I have a request. Please, we would love for you to give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's how people find the podcast. If you go to Apple Podcasts, even if you don't listen there, I believe you can probably jump on there and give us a written review. I will read it here. And we haven't had one in a little while. So if you don't mind, if you're not done one so already, thanks to all those who already have. We would love it. We'd love it to be five star, but it's whatever you think we deserve. Give us that review. We will read it here on the show. And secondly, have you made your fall plans to come see us at Lake Murray? We will be out there. It's a Blaze Trails race. They put on amazing races up in Oklahoma. It is October 28th, I believe. Check it out. Lots of different distances. If you're looking for a race to travel to, this is a great one because it's like a camp atmosphere. Lots of trees, great course, great people. Go to blazetrails.com to check it out. But without further ado, let's get going on episode number 160 of The Big Ass Runner. Well, now joining us on the Big Ass Runner Hotline is Kelsey Lindsman. Kelsey, welcome to the show. Jeff, I appreciate you having me. And like we were saying offline, I'm so pumped to be here, especially because running is my worst sport of all the sports. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have lots to learn from you. I'm very excited to have you on. And we're going to talk about something you are doing. And, And what's interesting, I think, with ultra running is big goals, big ass goals, or the big ass runner, people are doing big ass, and you have a very big ass goal that we're going to talk about later. But I want you to get to know, or I want our listeners, I want the big ass runner herd to get to know you a little bit. And the big ass runner herd are just some amazing people. They're out there balancing life and work and commitments, but they're training for these big, audacious goals. And they're just awesome people. And I would love for them to get to know you a little bit. So tell us about Kelsey, where, where you grew up, how you got into athletics. 
Oh, I love it. So I'm I'm a Midwest girl. I think you're out West. I'm a Midwest girl. So I grew up here in Ohio, which I still live in Ohio area. And when I think Jeff back in the day, it was I high school, even early college, like I was an athlete. I identified, I didn't realize I identified so much as an athlete back then, but I was a kind of stay in your lane, do it right girl, get the A's, you know, go to practice, do the right thing. And so then I went to Ohio State um, High School, obviously, and that's where I rode for Ohio State my freshman year. Worst thing I've ever done. It was so hard rowing. Yeah, I, w- I want to make sure people, because because this is a podcast, and so I saw you make the row movement, but I want to make sure people know you said rowing. Row, yeah, like on a in the water or yeah. in Ohio, so it's not like it's sunny all the time. Where we were on ergs all the time, Jeff. I would count cars driving by just to get my pet time to pass on there. Because we're here in Texas, we don't have a lot of water. We don't row a lot. We actually, we have lakes, but rowing is not something we do in college. So that's awesome. I, we, I think I, you know, you see movies where people are rowing. It seems so majestic, and like this rhythm, you know, rhythm movement. Everybody's in sync. Is it is it like that in real life? Oh my gosh, no, you're just trying not to flip the boat, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> you're going and you're like, Kels, don't be the one, don't be the one. So it, it looks very smooth, but if you're in the boat, you're just trying not to completely 180 the boat. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So then that's what I did my freshman year. And like I told you, Jeff, I didn't realize how much of an identity that was for me because then my sophomore year, they're basically like, Kels, you either keep rowing, you know, or you pursue, for me, it was sports medicine was my career route. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to be a professional rower, right? And so I ended up choosing sports medicine. And in that time, Jeff, it was a really actually hard time for me because I went from having a team, having something I'm working towards, having a goal to now what, right? Like like now what am I working towards? Um, I was giving, giving, giving to the athletes I was serving and, and school. And I forgot the Kelsey inside of me. And so then that's where my junior, senior year, I was like, okay, you got to get you back, girl. And this might hit home with some of your audience, whether they're a mom of three or a husband or they work for a big company. It's like we sometimes focus so much on the external doing that then we look in the mirror and it's like, well, who actually am I? Like, what is Kelsey doing for Kelsey or what is Jeff doing for Jeff outside of just the things that needs to get done? And so for me, that led to me asking myself the question of, okay, where, where do you start? <laughs> you know, like, where do you start actually getting yourself back? And I'm like, well, I remember going to the gym when I was training for different sports. I'm like, well, maybe I just start there. And so I went back in for me, it was the weight room. I had no clue what I was doing, Jeff. I was like that little girl looking up at the weight, seeing those big dudes. And I'm like, I don't even know how to do half this stuff, but I kept showing up right? I was nervous. I was ugly and I kept showing up. And then after a little while, I I started feeling like myself again. Like I started having that fire internally and then kind of fast forward, Jeff, this could be a long story, but I'll make it short. My senior year, I remember somebody came up to me and they're like, Oh, Kels, like I see your training. Like, why don't you do a bodybuilding show? And I was like, Oh, bodybuilding. What are you talking about? They're on a stage. They're all tanned up. Like that. So wasn't me. But then after a few months, I was like, well, what if Kels, like maybe that isn't you, but what if you could train for something like that or do something like that? And so then my senior year, I ended up being on five to six different bodybuilding shows, completely changed how I viewed not bodybuilding world, but how I viewed myself. It was going after something for me that was a hard goal, like a big, big ass goal. And I didn't know how it was going to get there. I didn't know how I would do it. But I learned so much about myself along the process. I learned how to push through the hard days. I learned how to, that little doubting voice in the back of your brain, right? How to shut it up sometimes because it's going to be present. And for me, that's when I started really viewing health and fitness and nutrition. It's like, you're a whole human. Like Jeff, you're a whole human. Yes, it's like what you do running wise, but it's also how you feel your body. It's also what community you're a part of. It's also what's going on in your mindset. And so then as I was going to go to physical therapy grad school, had my whole life planned out, basically, I had this gut feeling of coast, like there's something else out there for you, like how you view it or how, how you want to help other people, like start a business girl. And I had no clue even how to start a business, how to even file an LLC. But then that's when I started my company and really working with whole humans and really trying to get them to their goals fitness wise, but also taking into other accounts with everything. 
I love that. And I want to I want to go back a little bit. I want to dive into something you said because you, you, I'm going to take you back to Ohio State. Go Buckeyes. <laughs> yes. You're a freshman. You're you're a, so your identity was you're Kelsey the rower. Yeah, I was I was the athlete. Yep. You're the athlete. And and I worry about kids today because when I grew up, we played football and football season and soccer and soccer season and baseball and baseball season and basketball. We were fairly well-rounded. And then we found the things that we liked. It seems like today's kids grow up and they are tunnel visioned into one sport and that is their identity. And I do worry about that because for most of these kids, they're not going to be the professional soccer player or football player. Some are lucky enough and have the DNA and the gift and the grit to do it. And and I'm not saying don't chase a dream. I I totally get that. But I do worry about those who, because 99.9% aren't going to make it, that they don't have that. They don't know who they are. So I'm I'm just curious back, you know, taking, taking us back to freshman Kelsey, who was an athlete. How did you, how you know, you're, you're fairly young at that, but how did you come to that realization? Like I need to figure out who I am beyond Kelsey, the athlete. Honestly, Jeff, as I look back, I didn't even realize it back then. Right. I I was just going basically through life, checking off the boxes, getting the A's in the classes. And I didn't even realize how much my identity was tied to that. And for your listeners out there, this might be for your listeners like you might not realize how much your identity is tied to the business that you own or even being a runner. It can be a beautiful part or value add for you. But when our whole worth and our value is only being that thing, that's when it could be really challenging. So kind of bring me back, Jeff, in that part of it. When I didn't have it is when I realized how much a, a big it was a part of me. And my fiance, actually, he played at Ohio State football. And same thing, he can share his own story, but it was very similar. Till he didn't have football, was he realized how much football was a part of his identity. And that's also a relearning, like, who am I, right? Like, who am I, not just this external, but this internal? I'm so glad you hit on this because I don't, I don't think it's just for that younger person. And then they, as they mature, they figure it out. Because I was having a conversation with a friend and she is a high level executive at a company and she's starting to enter kind of those thoughts of retirement. And she said, she told me, Jeff, my identity is so tied to this position. I'm not sure how I'm going to transition into something else. And she started thinking about that and started thinking about what what are the things I can do now before I do make that transition to make it. I don't know if it's an easier landing or easier to cope or or what the right word is, but I mean it's it's everyone I think falls into this identity that wrapped up into your profession or or something like that. So I'm I'm so glad you touched on that. Well, tell us about what you're doing now. I know you have a passion for helping young girls and women kind of figure some of this out. Tell us about what you're doing now. Oh man, what am I doing now? So I'm I'm prepping up for right now. It's called Mission 48. Some people think it's awesome. People think it's crazy. You're an ultra running crew. You'll probably think it's awesome since you guys have big crazy goals. But what it is, is I'm doing 48 different fitness competitions. So one day could be a marathon, pray for me, the next day <laughs> powerlifting me. And what we'll do, Jeff, throughout those 48 competitions is we'll go a state a day. So I start in actually Ann Arbor, funny enough, that's Michigan, our biggest rival. And then I'll end in Columbus, Ohio, and we'll do a state a day, different competition. And with that, Jeff, our biggest focus with it is not just to me gallivanting around the country and watch me do competitions. It's really to inspire, yes, young girls, but also women and, and men. I'm not anti-men. I, honestly, yeah. <laughs> to push their hard. And when you push your hard and go after something wildly uncomfortable, whether that be walk to the mailbox, maybe that's your heart, right? Maybe your heart is do a marathon. Maybe your heart is do a half marathon. You unlock this capability within you that you had no idea. And so that's a big, big passion port for me is like, hey, how can we have everybody push their heart as we do this and inspire each other to go after more and do more? So that's a massive part of it. And then kind of on also a big piece of it is we're partnering with a charity called Rocks, Ruling Our Experiences. And they're actually based in Columbus, Ohio here, but they're a 501c3 and they do 20 week programs in schools for young girls. And they talk about things like confidence, like body image, like social media, the things that personally I wish I had back in the JJF. So that's our big mission is just to really get a big community and movement going of just basically doing hard stuff and unlocking that capability. 
I want to, I want to dive into that here in a second, but I want to go back a little bit because when you say 48 competitions in 48 days, that logistical nightmare, how, how are you, <laughs> how are you figuring this out? Just walk us through a little bit of the planning and some of oh, the execution. You mentioned, you mentioned marathon and powerlifting. Talk about some of the other things that you're doing. I would love to Talk, talk about the logistics and the actual activities you'll be doing. Oh, the logistics are crazy. So fun fact, it was actually, when I first had this idea two years ago, I was like, oh, 48 weeks. I was like, I can do a competition a week. I can speak at a school. Awesome. And then only three months ago, like this hasn't been that long ago. I hopped on a call with somebody that he's going to kind of help me pull things together. Just give me ideas. And he kept saying on this call, Jeff, 48 comps, 48 states, 48 days. And he kept saying that. And I'm like, whoa, I just want to let you know, like, this is weeks, not days. And he's like, well, Kelsey, if you think about it, we have memories and attention spans of a goldfish now. Like, we don't have these long attention spans. <laughs> he's like, if you want to have the impact that you want to have and really do this right, doing a quick one and then being able to speak after, like, that's your bread and butter, girl. And so I basically 180 the logistics in three hours, went from weeks to days. And so the travel plans, I know it's possible because there's this guy out there in your community might know him called Iron Cowboy. And he did 50 Ironmans, full Ironmans in 50 states in 50 days with five kids in his RV. So I'm like, okay, if he can do that, logistically, I know it's possible. But basically I have a, oh, I had it here actually, if you see video, but it was, I had a printout of the United States. I made basically little marks and I have the distances between all the events. So we have all the route planned out, um, but then also the logistics piece of it is getting this body through all of that. Like I said, it's marathon, which I have never ran a marathon before, okay, to a powerlifting meet because I've done a bunch of different stuff to an Olympic lifting meet, to a CrossFit event, to a marathon row. <laughs> so it's it's literally everything. And it sounds crazy because honestly, it is a little bit crazy, but I really like to push personally like my own limits. Like I'm not just a runner or I'm not just a crossfitter. Or I'm not just a power lifter. It's like, how can we break all beliefs, all limits and like just go after it? So that is a little bit of the back end piece of it. Well, if you want to think about maybe doing 49 events in 49 states, you should swing through McKinney, Texas, and we can play pickleball. It'll be oh. awesome. <laughs> I've actually never played pickleball before, so you might kick my butt. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, come on. Bring it on. I might win one for yeah. a change. Although you're, you're, you're a great athlete, I may, want to, I may want to watch my words. Well, I want to dive into something you said earlier and when you were talking about, you know, discovering who who Kelsey was and some of the kind of steps you went through the Kelsey inside of you you said and you 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 had a phrase keep showing up you just kept showing up you went to the gym you didn't know what you were doing that's how i feel now when i go into a gym you just kept showing up talk to us a little bit about, more about that because i think that's something all of us can resonate with we're we're going to do some things especially like if you're a road runner and you're trying to go into the trail you're like, how do I, how do I make that transition? Or maybe, you know, you're not running at all and you have this desire to do some trail running. You don't know where to start, but this idea of keep showing up, just show up the first time. You got to start with one, show up the second time. Talk to us a little bit about that and kind of the process that you went through. I love that you brought this up because this is, this is a deep piece of my heart because for me, I think of that too, Jeff, of, of confidence, right? And for personally, that's something I struggled with a lot when I was younger and even to this day to some extent, right? I'm not going to be confident in everything that I'm doing. I think that that is a piece that can hold so many people back of, well, I'll trail run when I'm confident enough to do it, or I'll road run when I'm confident enough, or I'll put together Mission 48 when I'm confident enough that I can pull the logistics together. And it's like, you won't be confident when you first start, right? Like me back in the day when I was showing up to a weight room, I still had those nervous butterflies. I still had the, oh my gosh, who's all looking at me? You know, those little thoughts in my brain. But when you just keep showing up, you realize like you're going to get a little bit better just by the numbers of you showing up, right? Just by the amount of times of you showing up, you're going to get better with it. And so I think that's something too, Jeff, when we think about confidence, we think it's sometimes this external thing, right? Like once I hit this PR in my marathon or once I hit this, whatever it is. And so we're constantly a chase, not that goal setting is bad, please goal set, but we're constantly chasing this thing of like, once I get there, then I'm finally going to be confident 
or I'm finally going to be able to do the thing. And it's like, no, no, it starts internally. Right. And I heard this quote, Jeff, that hits so deeply with me. It's that self-confidence is self-trust. Okay. What does that mean? When you make a promise and you keep it to yourself, that confidence starts to rise. And that's for me personally, what I call true self-confidence. Like a lot of this social media stuff that you see scrolling or, or whatever it is there. It's like, okay, that's external confidence, right? Not that nice things aren't, are bad. They're not, but it's like, that's external. When you have this internal unshakable confidence of you keep showing up when you set your alarm for 6am and you go and train at 6am and you do it, that's that unshakable confidence, Jeff, that is going to get you to do things that are wildly uncomfortable and you're going to get better just by continuing to put yourself in that arena. Yeah, we had an episode drop a week ago. So last Monday, we talked a little bit about this related about imposter syndrome and how we all deal with it at all levels. And, and I'm curious if, you, if you've dealt with that and how you're working with people to help them kind of overcome that idea. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. There's, there's two parts that come to my brain. First, for this Mission 48 stuff. It, that is in of itself. Who am I to do this massive competition and, and this big campaign? I still don't know. And it's June 26th when we record this, if we're going to be able to pull it off. And I'll be vastly honest with you. Do I believe that the right pieces are going to come together at the right time? 100%. But is there still a large gap to get there? Oh my Lord. Yes, there is. And so that can pull up. If, if I allow those thoughts and I start watering those thoughts of, who are you, Kels? Can you even go there? Are you even capable of it? And if I start watering those, those are going to get bigger. And those weeds, they're going to take over, right? And something that I might be capable of, if I let those weeds grow, it's going to take over my entire quote unquote garden of my brain. And so with that imposter syndrome, like I could easily be thinking those thoughts. But as soon as that thought comes up, I have to catch it and say, oh, I don't want that, right? Mm-hmm. It still happens. I'll, I'll be very honest with you. It still happens. Not that the thoughts go away when you get to a certain level. You just learn to catch them and you throw them away when you don't want them. Right. And I kind of an, another piece of this, and this might hit home with your audience, is we, I run all women's strength events around the com- country. So we'll do women. We've had 12 all the way up to 75. And they're women that have really never done a push-pull, so a bench and deadlift max out competition before. And every time, Jeff, there's a woman that comes in, she's shaken, she's nervous because it's like, well, who am I to do this massive weight or who am I? I don't lift enough, right? And as soon as she goes on that platform, she wants to walk out that back door as quickly as she can, but I I have her still stay there. And she does that weight or she does whatever it is. It's like you break this belief of what's possible for you. It's like, oh, if I can do that, right, what else can I do? And so when I think about imposter syndrome, I love that you brought this piece up of it is it's not that it ever really goes away or once you get to a level, it goes away because you're constantly leveling up right to the next level, but you notice the thoughts and you decide if you want to keep it or if you want to throw it away and you just keep stepping in the arena that way. I love that, Kelsey. And I think too, when you have big goals, like you just said, you're always leveling up and when you hit that next level, it's like you get up there and you're like, you know what? I've never been here before. Who am I to do this? And to your point, you, t- you take that, who am I to do this thought? You throw it away and you replace it with, why not me? So why good. not me? You know, one other thing we talked about last episode as well is comparison. And I think that with social media and, and things, it's so easy to fall into that comparison trap. We, we were talking before we hit record, I was at Western States and it's easy to look at these elites and the, what they're doing and go, oh man, I, I can't do that. But then if you wait long enough to the golden hour, you know, the hour number 30 of the race, you see those everyday runners that just got out there. They showed up, they, they did it. They took some risk. I mean, a 30 hour, hundred mile race is a big risk. And they're crossing the finish line with their families and people are cheering and you're like, that's what it's all about. So talk to us a little bit about this comparison game, because I think we can often fall into that trap. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No matter what age, no matter what arena that you're in. I mean, I know especially 
when you're scrolling and you're seeing everybody with their picture perfect life, it's like, well, my life isn't as good as that, even if it doesn't look like that on the back end, you know, or this or a race that you do or a competition that you do. Actually, this story might hit home too. I got on a call with a venue that we're going to partner with for Mission 48. And it was the owner there and they had one of their gym directors. And he was talking about this, this girl that had these massive numbers for squat bench deadlift, like the thing that I'm going to do at the gym. And I'm going to be like, I told him, I'm like, I'll be very honest with you. I'm not as strong as her. Right. And in that moment, I could have been like, oh my gosh, who am I to even do this? Like my numbers don't compare to her. So I'm just way, you know, way behind or smaller than her. It's like, no, Kels, like you're comparing you to you yesterday. Like, are you getting better? Right. Is Kelsey the person getting better? And if she's getting better, that's all that freaking matters for lack of better way to say it. Absolutely. Let's be honest. There's always going to be somebody that's probably a little bit better unless you're Michael Jordan or the one of one. Right. Or there's always also somebody that's a little bit behind you that they need you to lead them in the right direction. And so when I can turn this outward focus to actually an inward focus on being like, Am I showing up? Number one, am I getting better? Not that every single day is going to be this upward trajectory of 1% better, but am I pushing my heart? Am I getting better over time? That's when we go from this comparison outwards to, hey, I just want to be better than I was last year. And that might look different in different arenas, in my business, in my family, in my running, right? And so when we can think of it like that, it helps you manage the comparison, in my opinion, a lot better. That's very well said, and I'm gonna. I, actually, I'm gonna correct you on one thing. There is another one of one, and that's Courtney Dewalter. She's <laughs> Louise. I she saw is the one of one, and she's a she's the new goat in my mind. Forget Michael Jordan, the LeBron, you know, Michael Jordan thing. Courtney Dewalter in a league by herself. Yeah, she is amazing. No, I love that you said. You know, step number one: show up, keep showing up. Step number two: getting a little bit better every day. This is necessary step, but but you no, know, not comparing yourself to someone else. Comparing yourself to yourself. How how did I do today versus yesterday? Am am I improving? Am I heading the right direction? I love that. So great. Well, if someone wants to find out more about what you're doing with Mission Forty Eight, how can they do that? Oh, Lord. Well, first, if you're local to one of the competitions that we're doing, please come out. I will tell you that I need all. that I can for those states, but we'll do a ton on social. I mean, obviously I'll give you my stuff, Jeff, but it's at Kelsey Lensman on all the socials. And then Jeff also have the website. We have KelseyLensman.com. The mission 48 tab has everything mission 48 on it. So please come out to be, be at a competition with me, number one, but also just the support, just the awareness of it, like just sharing this, that would mean the world to me because we really want it to be a movement, not just one girl doing these competitions. I love it. I'm going to repeat that so everyone knows. So go to Instagram, go to at Kelsey, K-E-L-S-E-Y, Lensman, L-E-N-S-M-A-N. Perfect. Follow Kelsey. Encourage Kelsey along the way. This is amazing. Uh, thanks so much for joining the podcast. And I think, too, you know, the things that you're doing apply across anyone that's just trying to do big things, hard things trying to balance life. And sometimes a hard thing is getting that training run in when you've got a deadline at work and some hungry kids at home (laughs) and it's a hundred degrees outside. That can be really hard. That can be the hard thing for the day. So I just love your perspective of showing up and getting a little bit better every day. Jeff, I appreciate you having me. And like I told you on our pre-call, I need all the tips for running that you could give me. So if you are a runner to say, hey, Kels, do this pop in my dms all will be appreciated you will hear from the big ass runner herd they're they're not only great people but they're very helpful as well whenever i ask for any feedback give me your best trail running tip give me your idea for the show they always respond they are amazing and they're going to really enjoy uh, this conversation so thanks so much for joining kelsey and we're going to be rooting you along so when again remind us when it starts September 1st. So I have a countdown. I think it's like 67 days away. So September 1st to October 18th is of this year. I love it. Well, thanks for joining us and we will be rooting you all along the way. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. I've got a question for you. Does your training feel random? Do you get to the day and say, what am I going to do now? I'm not sure. Do you have a a race that you're 
training for, and you're not exactly sure how to put together the training program to get you to the finish line. Well, Big Ass Runner Coaching has a couple of spots left in our first OG roster. As many of you know, I am a certified trail running coach and have athletes I'm coaching now and love it. So if you want some accountability, if you want some encouragement, if you want someone to take all the thinking out and you just want to execute, let's chat. Jeff at Big Ass Runner. We will have a conversation. We'll see if it's a good fit. Jeff at Big Ass Runner. I would love to chat with you about coaching. As I mentioned, we had such great feedback on Western States, it's hard not to keep talking about it. This segment is not specifically about Western States. And by the way, thank you again for all the great feedback from our recap episode that dropped last Thursday. If you missed it, don't miss it. Go back and catch it. That's the great thing about podcasts is you can go back and catch it. It dropped last Thursday. Thursday, but I wanted to play some audio. Big shout out to I Run Far. This is their video interview. And I want to play it with the goat. This is Courtney Dewalter. And we talked last week in the Monday episode, and even earlier with Kelsey, imposter syndrome, confidence, when you toe the line, how are you feeling? And it was refreshing, I think, to hear Courtney talk about some of these things and some of the things that she thinks about as the greatest probably trail runner of our time. And so I wanted to share some of this amazing content with you. Megan Hicks of I Run Far. I'm with Courtney DeWalter. It's the day after the 2023 Western States 100. You're the women's champion. You're the new course record holder. Hi. Good morning. <laughs> it's good to see you. It's great to see you too. Congratulations on your history-making run yesterday. How is that starting to sit inside your brain or has it sat yet? It has not made a little seat yet. I, <laughs> I'm definitely still on kind of disbelief that we're here and that we made it to the finish and that it went how it did, but it's so fun to be here today watching Golden Hour and um, just celebrating running with the community today. I want to pause there for a second because first of all, this is right after I met Courtney. So you can hear the excitement level in her voice. And I'm sure the excitement was not about the race and the runners finishing and her winning Western States in record time. I'm sure it was about meeting the Clydesdale. Kidding, of course, but I think that's why we love Courtney so much. She went out early. I didn't see any of the other. This isn't an indictment of the other runners. I didn't see any other runners out there at golden hour cheering people on, congratulating other people. That just speaks more to Courtney and her love of people in this community. You heard her say it. And that's the first thing I think that struck me in this interview is just she wanted to be there. She wanted to cheer her fellow runners on. I don't think she sees herself at the top and then there's everybody else. I think she sees herself as just one of us. And I think that's the, one of the things we love about Courtney. Here's more. Did you have a feeling going into this race that you were uh, ready for like a, a really strong day? <laughs> just something about you seems slightly more eye of the tiger in the week before the race. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, we can take that offline. I need to know what uh, you noticed. I, <laughs> I didn't, I never have that feeling. Okay. Like, I think always going into a race, I wonder, did I do enough? Did I do enough of the right things? And do I have what it takes to deal with any problems that come up? So I've never stood on a start line being like, it's today. Like, mm -hmm. this is it. Um, but I was really excited. I knew finishing was my number one goal and then um, was just excited to get back out on the course again and, and revisit spots I hadn't seen since 2019. So I want to stop there for a second. Here is Courtney DeWalter. She is, like I said, the greatest trail runner of our time, in my opinion. I think the, I think the stats prove it out, but 
she's towing the line and she has very similar feelings to what we've been talking about, about towing the line and going, did I do enough? Am I ready? Did I do enough of the right things? Do I have what it takes to deal with the problems that are going to come up? Here is Courtney Dewalter having those very same thoughts. So if you're struggling with that, and it kind of goes back to the imposter syndrome that we talk about here a lot, even the best have those same thoughts. And then I think it's more, how do you deal with those thoughts? How do you compartmentalize them, move them along and move forward? And then I loved how she said, hey, the goal was finishing. I think for a lot of us, that is the goal. And even for Courtney Dewalter, that was a goal. Here's more. Let's talk about that for a second. It was a, yeah, a four-year break from you, but you had been on the course twice. And what did it feel like to be back at, like, was it all like, oh, I kind of remember you. I kind of remember you. Or was it like a new course? A little bit of both. I I think uh, some spots I for sure remembered. Like I could picture the aid station and the trail going into it and other parts that were totally blank. Okay. So (laughs) it was some good rediscovering of the trail and revisiting trails I remembered. And a lot of stuff looked really different. Like the, Mm. the high country was covered in snow. So you didn't see any ribbons of single track. You were just following flags. And then the burn area was really different looking. The snow, um, nice prep for hard rock in a couple of weeks, but no, really how was the high country? There was all this talk before the race of how it was going to play out. What was it like up there? Yeah, maybe I had built it up in my head to be really bad because I didn't think it was that terrible. Okay. It, uh, yeah, it was kind of fun. It was like starting the day with this mini adventure. I was running with Katie Scheid for quite a bit of it, which um, it was fun to catch up with her and chat about stuff and also uh, spot flags mm. together because it was constant like navigating for the flags. Um, but I thought the snow ran okay. It was firm. You could glissade little bits. Aww. And then if you punch through, it, it wasn't too bad. Maybe there's something about living at Leadville at 10,000 feet where it's snowy like six months of the year that made this easy. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't easy. I'm okay, not okay, saying, okay. I'm saying in my head it was going to be post-holing for 30 <laughs> miles. And instead, it was staying on top. I want to pause here too because I'm a big sports fan, NBA fan, and in the sports world, there tends to be a lot, uh, I don't know if arrogance, cockiness, I don't know what what the right word is, confidence for sure, but maybe even over the top from confidence. And I just, I think, again, this is what we love about Courtney is she corrected her and said, it wasn't easy. It was really, really hard. And I think a lot of people said, oh yeah, that that was a piece of cake. No problem. Knock that out. Course record look at me. And she is anything but that just so very refreshing. I think in the end, you all arrived to um, Duncan Canyon, which is a quarter of the way through the race. I think you were, you were all about 12 minutes under the course record pace. So ultimately that's like a 30 minutes per mile slower um, than record pace through there. So 30 seconds. Thank you. I'm so glad the champion is the smarter one. Oh, that would be really impressive. (laughs) Math. We're going a million miles per hour. Anyway, uh, it slowed you down. It slowed the lead women down a bit, but not too much was what I was trying to say. Yeah, it didn't feel like a game changer. And then uh, we got out of that high country, out of the snow, and the temperatures just Mm. stayed so pleasant all day. So, um, yeah, then it was like, let's throw this gas pedal down and see what happens. Let's talk for a minute about the interplay between you and Katie. Uh, you two were quite close together for a long time. Did you spend time running together? Were you, uh, being chased for a while? Um, what was that like? Uh, I think Katie's so great. And so I was psyched when we hit the escarpment together and could head out into the high country Um, And we were chatting quite a bit about all sorts of things from food to the Tour de France show, uh, uh, everything in between. And um, we just got a little separated at an aid station where my bottles were full. So I started rolling and I'm like, Katie, 
like, come catch me, like, we're going. And uh, she just took a beat longer, and then we separated. Okay. But she was right there for uh, still many miles after that. And uh, it just felt nice, like, we were just sharing this adventure. Um, did you feel the heat of her? At, I mean, she's Katie Scheid. She's also a UTMB champion. Her CV is pretty incre- incredible. Did that offer some heat knowing she was right there? Uh, not early on. Okay. But later, for sure, I was like, Katie can close. Katie's got wheels. Katie's got, like, 100-mile experience. Like, she can crush this last half of the race. And so I was just trying to keep my forward momentum going. (laughs) Another thing that makes Courtney so great is her respect for her fellow trail runners. And you, You heard her talk about getting to catch up with Katie and run with Katie. And even at one point when she was ready to take off, Katie wasn't quite ready yet. Hey, Katie, come on, come catch me. And then later in the race, really respecting the capabilities, the speed that she calls wheels, her ability in 100-mile races, just her respect for her fellow trail runners, I think really sets Courtney apart. Um, starting about a third of the way into the race and then just incrementally and fairly evenly, you started ticking off minutes on the course record. Did you have any awareness of that? Are you entirely running to Courtney feel? I was definitely going by feel, um, and would sometimes get some updates about the course record, but I didn't know what was going to happen. Like it felt like, okay, that's a neat fact about right now, but there's still... (laughs) 40 miles there's still 20 miles like anything can happen and so I was uh not banking on a finish line let alone a certain finish time yeah I want to add a quick note here I think running by feel as a coach that's how I coach my athletes is so important if you're stuck on a time or a pace sometimes that pace and time is not what your body is either capable of or maybe you're capable of more so I think running by feel as you heard Courtney talk about here is so, so very important. Here's more. You really let it rip on Cal Street. Like most of your splits, like picked up a couple minutes on the course record here and there, but the Cal Street section from Forest Hill to the river, you just dug into that course record time by a lot. What what was going on on Cal Street? <laughs> was it a mistake? I don't know. Well, here we are. It was not a mistake. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I um, got to Forest Hill and thought like let's go all in on this and really make sure that if we get to the finish line there's no doubt that we gave it everything we had Mm. I think um I've also just been like thinking of my pain cave and chiseling it out as equating to being able to sustain suffering for longer so I was like well let's try 40 miles of like full gas, like see what's left, see if we can hold it. Um, But Cal Street was fun. I didn't get to really run it properly in 2019 and it's a fun section of trail. So yeah, it was uh, just getting towards that river crossing and then seeing what happened after that. Actually, that's really uh, fun to hear you say that, that, you know, Cal Street was where your hip undid itself in 2019 and to, yeah, get there and be able to properly run it in a way that felt good to you. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, I was not taking it for granted the whole time. I was like thinking of like form and like, don't get sloppy, don't trigger an injury, you know, like keep it together. (laughs) Well, a couple of things here. One, this is what separates Courtney from mere mortals is the ability to jump into the pain cave as she said carve her way in and be there for a long long time 40 miles in the pain cave in this one Uh, I think for us trail runners we experience the pain cave I don't know if I've ever obviously never experienced 40 miles of it and I think that mental toughness is what separates her and then form she talked about keeping her form And that's another thing as a coach to talk about a lot is make sure if your form starts to go, that's the time to, to either stop, walk, change. But if you have bad form, that's when you could get an injury. Here's more. Speaking of 
keep it together. How do, I mean, okay, let's like take us to mile 80, Green Gate. We know you were in a world of hurt there. How did you keep it together in the mind? Uh, after Green Gate, I was pretty wrecked. My legs felt uh, like maybe I had pushed too hard on Cal Street, but mm -hmm. I just, for the next 20 miles, kept asking them to do one more mile for me. And uh, they kept responding. So I was very thankful for that. It was definitely, though, deep in the pain cave and um, really focused on every single step, every single second. Side note, is that literally like, dear legs, please help? Yo. Is this talking to them out loud? Is this visualizing internally? How does that dialogue go? A little bit of both, but okay. sometimes I would say it out loud, like, one more. <laughs> please, one more. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, did your crew stay calm the entire time? Because I think it grew into a bit of a, like a panic of them trying to chase you around and get where they needed to be in time. Could you, could you see what was happening on their faces at all? No, I okay. mean, they're uh, so cool and collected, total pros and just the most wonderful people we had out here helping. Um, so I haven't actually gotten all the stories yet okay. from the day. Hopefully today over a beer, we can get the full download on crew life. Look, if that is just one beer's worth of stories, <laughs> they, they need to have more fun. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Again, something we love so much about trail running and ultra running, it is while an individual sport, really a team sport, and love the fact that Courtney gives such adoration and acknowledgement to her crew who stayed cool, collected, and as she said, were total pros. Love that call out. You rounded the track in the stadium, came down from Roby Point. I think you really ripped the last mile into town. What was going on in your mind and your heart when you landed on the track and got to make the last 300 meters of this race? I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe uh, when the track suddenly showed up and you make that turn. I was like, we, were, we did it, we're here. Um, because that was the moment where I let myself actually believe that we had finished mm -hmm. and um, that, yeah, we're about to be able to stop moving. <laughs> it is nearly over. You cross the finish line, you become the new course record holder by something like an hour and 20 minutes, a mark that had been set by the iconic Ellie Greenwood um, now 11 years ago. I'm thinking that this is a time that is going to be a very hard one to beat for a very long time. I hope not. I hope that uh, plenty of women can come out and crush that time. I would love to see it keep moving down. And I'm so thankful for Ellie's time and for, you know, how it elevated all of us for the past 11 years to believe that it was possible. And if we kept pushing ourselves and working hard, maybe we could, you know, get near her. Very impressive time. Thank you, Ellie. Thank you, Ellie. I think this is my favorite part and what I love most about Courtney is the fact that she hopes her record gets broken. She loves just to see people compete, people get better, people setting bars so that, you know, hey, that's possible. We can get over that bar. For her to thank Ellie Greenwood for that record so that she had something to shoot for and now other runners, other ladies have a time to shoot for, I think is so impressive, especially in a day where it is all about me, my accomplishments, I'm the greatest, to see someone say, hey, I hope not. I hope the record doesn't stand very long. I hope to see others elevate their running and their experience such that they can beat this time. Such an impressive perspective. And I think one of the things that makes Courtney so great. Well, let's hear the end of the interview. There is this certain thing looming on the horizon just under three weeks away now, that Hard Rock 100. <laughs> Hi, Hard Rock. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so pumped. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> when I signed up to do this double, I wanted to leave myself all the way on the Western States course and then 
figure out how to leave myself all the way on the hard rock course. So we did step one, like that was all I had for yesterday. And now uh, we get to play around with three weeks of like, I don't know, and see how I can get myself ready to tromp around the San Juans. (laughs) Um, Congratulations to you on your history making day here at the Western States Endurance Run. And I look forward to seeing you make that next lap around the Hard Rock course in just a short time. Thank you. Well, there you go. And again, thanks to I Run Far and Megan Hicks for that awesome content. But man, is Courtney just the best. She she is just an amazing person, an amazing runner. I think it's her combination of amazing running ability, but more importantly, just being an amazing person that makes her so well-liked in the trail running community. Hope you enjoyed that. Hope you enjoyed that perspective. And there is why Courtney DeWalter is so great. Well, believe it or not, that is the end of episode number 160 of The Big Ass Runner. Thanks to everybody involved, Brandy, for that awesome intro. To Kelsey Lindsman for sharing her excitement and passion around giving confidence. Loved chatting with Kelsey. Also, thanks to I Run Far for that awesome content with Courtney Dewalter. And, of course, thanks to our amazing audio engineer, Steve Sasparilla Saunders. Well, we started a trail running tip of the week, and the tip of the week this week is from the great Carissa Bodanza, who reminds us to pay closer attention to the elevation profile than the mileage. I made that mistake my very first ultra at Bandera. I didn't realize how much vert was there. I wasn't quite ready for it. It was a great day anyway, but yes, great advice, Carissa Pay attention to that elevation profile. Well, with that, get out there, hit those trails, and keep running your asses off. But we're going to dissect a little video. We're going dis- to we're going to dissect some audio. Have you made your fall plans to come out and see us at the Lake Murray Run? Well, now joining us on the Big Ass Runner hotline is Kelsey Lindsman. I already messed that up. I already, like I stumbled. I was thinking about it so much. I stumbled. And even earlier with 